welcome all to The Tension. I am your host, Mick White. The Tension is a podcast all about putting two theological subjects into right relationship and finding the truth that God desires for his church. It is our hope with the show that we will be able to reach the lost, equip the saints, and challenge you to think deeper into the things of God for the glory of God. We are thankful and excited that you have decided to spend some time with us and pray that in some way you will be blessed by the conversation. I am joined with my co-host, as always, my brother and pastor and friend, Eric Moran, how are you today, brother? I am doing mighty fine, brother. How about yourself? I'm all right. You know, we were joking about how I might mess up the intro, and I did. I had a little, I had a little fumble, but it's okay. You want to know why? Because things happen. So I am, I'm actually, I'm, I'm pumped again. I mean, usually I am. I think, I think we can just go. It goes without saying now that I'm just excited to do the podcast and talk about stuff. I try to have these conversations with a lot of people, but they're like. Man, you can really go on and on and on about that, huh? And I was like, yes, I, I really can, you know. Uh, but today we'll be talking about uh, the tension in rest and rule, which uh, I got to give you the credit for this one, brother. That was a really cool title that you came up with when you sent it to me because we kind of talked about the kick the idea around, and I was like, man, what would be the title of that thing, though? And then you were like, rest and rule. And I was like, oh, look at you go. <clears throat> It came out of the restoration through daily repentance. When praying, I was, you know, what is the one thing that everyone wants? And that's to be able to be at what we call peace. And mm -hmm. most people mean peace from trouble. But God, of course, over and John talks about, I'm going to leave my peace, which is to have him to go through the things. Mm -hmm. So when we look at rest and rule, the, the, the genesis of it was, if I had one subject, you only get one first impression, what would be the one thing that you believe, I believe, that everyone needs? And that's kind of what he revealed to me is everybody's searching for the rest. Right. But it doesn't mean not being engaged. It means mm. to understand the rule of God, that this literally is everything comes from him and through him, and that by his hands, Satan may be allowed to do things in your life, but God's allowing it because he's teaching you something. He's for you. There's a God that loves you. And when you put that together, I mean, I think that's one of the the foundational thirst of our heart. That's all. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's it. Just, you know, just a little light thing right there. Um, yeah, so when I, I looked in, I started looking into it because the way that we're, what we're going to build out first is uh, the perspective of God's rule and rest, or Yahweh, blessed be his name, specifically, and we're going to go to Genesis chapter 2, and this is verses 2 and 3. So I will read that really quickly, and then we will kind of get in, get off into the, the good stuff. So uh, Genesis 2, verse 2. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all, all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So I went through my library and I was trying to uh, get some insight into this as we were, you know, building this out. And I came across John Walton, who you directed me towards, I guess, a year ago or so. And I have absolutely fallen in love with a lot of his work. I think he does a really good job. It does uh, great information to kind of kick around from what you've learned and also what you are learning and he um he broke this down so i'm going to kind of share a little excerpt from his book uh called wisdom for faithful reading and 
The word rest there in the Hebrew is nun vat het, and it means to settle down, stay settled, rest, repose, await. And he writes, he says, God rests on his throne. His rest is his rule. It is called rest because he has established order and can now settle in his ruling. Ezekiel 28.13 suggests that his initial resting place was the Garden of Eden. When God is resting on his throne, ruling the cosmos, he then brings rest to his people. That does not refer to leisure, but to stability and securing order. God has been bringing order through his work of creation. He then ceases that work and subsequently assumes the throne to rule the world and sustain the order already established. Furthermore, he creates people in his image to work alongside him and thereby continue the order-bringing process. In light of these ideas, day seven reflects the very important idea of God taking up his reign, that is, rest. So what we can take away from that is that the biblical understanding should be that God's God's rest is where he has established his order and where he sustains the order already established. The incorrect understanding would be God rested and had a leisure day and sat in his favorite recliner, and so I should be able to do that as well. Because we, as image bearers of God, are called into the order-bringing process, joining in participation with God and furthering the order he sustains to go against God's order and rule would be to rebel. Would you agree with that? That's kind of what I put together. Absolutely. And throughout, we're going to kind of, I'm going to continue to drive back to John 17, 3, where it talks about this is eternal life. And anywhere the Bible, like with red letters, they remember Jesus literally teaching them this eternal life. This is eternal life. We should pay attention. And it's that they know you, the only true God. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's Yahweh. Blessed be his name. And Jesus Christ, whom he sent. So when Mm -hmm. we look at, the only true God and the fact that he's resting and it was to sit down inside of the creation of order that he had then instilled and made available and meant for it to be good and loving. And in that finished work, he allowed us to then become, like you said, working participants Mm -hmm. that are now part of the story of God. And then Jesus Christ, whom he sends to reconnect us to what we lost. But then Jesus Christ sits down at the right hand of the father in his finished work, so we have to, we, we, today, hopefully, as we go through the podcast, we're going to look at what God has done and then what Jesus has done and why that matters to us today for what we should be doing. Um, and that's kind of a, a beautiful premise of why is it important that we know about the Father and why he rested and what it meant for him to rest. It's because of how it impacts us today, which hopefully today we, we, we put those together to where people can hold on to it. Yeah, I I absolutely agree because I I do think that there has the misunderstanding of of rest in itself, and especially for like for me personally, looking more into like the Sabbath and what the point of the Sabbath is. Not just, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not downplaying that God has commanded that we observe it, right? I'm not trying to downplay that, but also at the same time, too, if if you're not really trying to understand why it is important then you can really you're pretty much free to your own devices and i think that's where we've gotten in a lot of trouble anyway it's just we 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 don't try to understand what god means when he says something we want to take our meaning and be like yeah this is what he meant and i that that's 
it's a danger you fall into, and it's definitely not learning or trying to become more Christ-like if if that's the approach that you're taking. So, where if you were to elaborate any more, like on the insight that you have from God's Yahweh, bless be His name, specifically on His side of it, what would be? Do you have any insight that you would like to share as far as like the rest and the and the rule on that? And before we move into into the into the Jesus side, and then we can kind of get a bigger, broader view of them together. Absolutely. So when we look at the Father and we look at the Creator, when we look at that, we have to look at Him as the Creator. In other words, we He doesn't owe us anything. Amen. We get to be part of what He has created. Amen. So it's all by grace. It's all by invitation. And when we look at Him as the Creator, to know the one Creator, when we look at this and we say the first six days, mm-hmm. Number one thing we have to realize is the pinnacle was not the creation of man. (laughs) The pinnacle was the rest of God. Yes. That's very important because man has made it. Jesus came and died just for you. And that's not in the Bible. Okay. (laughs) Jesus came to connect his father and the heavenly host back to right relationship with the earthly host that had been separated. And the story is so much bigger than you or me. There is no I in the kingdom of God. Jesus loved his father. He spoke to his father on the cross. He came because his father allowed him to come and he came to make his glory known on earth. I've glorified you on earth. Having accomplished the work that you've given me to do is John 17, 4. I mean, father, I've glorified you and I'm coming home. Mm-hmm. All right, so to be Christ-like means for us to understand that same heartbeat should be inside of our spirit, which is, I've glorified you on earth, and I'm going to die, but death is we're, death is the point. We're, we're finite and limited in this world, but we are eternally part of the bigger story, mm-hmm. and we get to have a, a, the, the amount of time that we've got. So what would the kingdom of darkness come up with? Just sit on the back pew. He's coming back just for you. Right. You don't have to worry about what you do. You don't have to worry about what you read. You don't have to worry. Those bad people are going to get, and it's like, wait a minute, to understand his rule means everything that you've got is a gift from God. The breath in your lungs, the family that you've got, the job that you go to, the car that you drive, the groceries that you eat. Oh my gosh, they're going up so much. You are so blessed compared to people on the earth currently and there's never been a better time to be alive than right now as far as the comfort of life but be careful because the comfort doesn't lead to more work it leads to less work right and i I think people have stolen that from the gospel that jesus like literally when he put his face like flint and he went to the cross and died he knew it was his time and this time was short and he's invited us into that same relationship so when we look back at the father and we look at the creation the first six days, it says, and he saw that it was good. Right. And he saw that it was good. So the intention of God is a good God that wants things to be better tomorrow than they are today. And he saw that it was good. So his work was not doing it. His work was supervising it. His work was the authority of the kingdom, the presence of the authority. Um, he sent his word, and the word became manifest and took on flesh, which was Christ. Mm-hmm. 
And, and, and we get that over in Colossians where he's the firstborn of creation and in all things visible and invisible were created through him and by him and to him. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit that was hovering over those dark, chaotic waters, which means the chaos and the emptiness has now been penetrated by the community and the kingdom of God. Heavenly hosts, watch it. Jesus Christ is sent and we were created in his image, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And then he, through that relationship, starts to birth this brand new relationship of rest and rule once he creates this creation for the purpose of having a relationship with the heavenly host, the earthly host, and the community head of God. Mm-hmm. And I, that, you know, that may be a lot for whoever, but ultimately you need to know that God is a God of relationship. Mm-hmm. He's a God that wants to be our God. He wants us in his presence. He wants us to be his people. He wants you to know that you are the apple of his eye. But when I say you, it should be y'all. It's not like you and you get to usurp everyone else, because what would Jesus say? The the greatest commandment is to love God and love others Mm -hmm. and get rid of being alone, get rid of the I, me. Right. Look at that. And we look at the creation. The first six days, all the father did was say, yep, that's what I intended. Yep, that's what I intended. Yep, that's what I intended. And then he set it into motion so that we could have an active part doing what we were created to do, have dominion over the sea and the land and the air and and have an active role, which you have to do. And if anybody's stealing the doing from you, they're stealing part of the revelation of God. They're stealing part of the relationship that's available in God. I mean, it's the same thing I see with a lot of people in in, in their job. They can't wait to retire and quit working. Do you think that's going to work out? Like, if you had nothing to do, do you, are you going to do nothing? Or do you just not like doing what you're doing currently? Because I encourage you to find something that you enjoy doing, and you never want to quit. Because we were created to work, and, and God never yeah. quit working. And Jesus in the New Testament says, my father never quit working. So this this can't be what he's talking about in his rest. You got any ideas at that point? I mean. Well, no, no. I mean, I, 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 was, I was letting you flow, man. I was like, all right, I agree with that. I agree with that. No, I, I, I'm i with you on that because I, I, I do believe that. Okay, so even when you go back before, so before the fall, um, you still have God. You still have God telling Adam to, you know, take take dominion over it. So I mean, what I mean, what does that mean? That means to be a part of the 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 world and um, maintain, you know, being a part of the order bringing process and sustaining it. Right, we're the hands and feet of Jesus. Okay, well, I'll, but in this time in creation inside itself, in the beginning, it would be to work the land to provide to, to you know to take care of in partnership because it is community and my other thought that i had was it's not the individual and we've covered this a, a lot over the past you know many episodes it's not the isolated individual it is it's if it's a you and it's singular you need to always be thinking of community god did not you know god's desire is that it all would come to the saving grace and knowledge of Christ and, and know who he is and be in a relationship with him. This isn't something that's like, oh, yeah, I know who Jesus is, and then that's it. No, be in a live, active relationship. And he's calling us, in the, and I loved it in the study here, where he's calling us to be a part of things. And it's just like it's being like he's showing it to me over and over and over and over and over again that it is not this passive it's not this passive gospel that we have been that I've heard so much before, but it's 
but there's an activity to it and there's a harmony to it. And there's so much beauty inside of it if you would fall in love with it. But I think it's, and I under, I understand it's difficult. I'm trying to give people grace and not, not sound so harsh when I say things I'm working on, <laughs> but our society Can you is, go ahead. No, 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 you go, you can finish your thought, please. Uh, no, I was, <laughs> I was just saying, I know, I know it's difficult because we live in a society where the individual is prioritized as the best thing ever, the awesome sauce, you know, if you will, like, and I, I think it's really, it, you, if you're not staying focused and falling in love with the message of God, then you will be deceived by the message of the world and you will fall in love with that because who doesn't like to hear that they're awesome? And you would agree that the message of the world is going to be distraction because it's from the father of lies and he's a liar from the beginning. Yes. Would you also agree that if, if Jesus has already put, he's proclaimed that he's the door. All right. So we enter through the door into a new relationship by the finished work of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. So if we take it from Genesis forward, mm -hmm. they had perfect communion with God, no sin or separation, Genesis 1 and 2, correct? Yes. yes. All right. And then Genesis 3, the door was closed. Sin separated us mm -hmm. up to the Gospels. All right. And then when the Gospels take place, Jesus now says, the door has been opened for you to return to me, but you have to enter. Correct. So to enter back into what we totally lost, when we when the Genesis 1 and 2 story starts, everything is perfect and in right relationship, and there's koinonia, there's fellowship amongst mm -hmm. all things. All right? Right. But if you track it, at the end of Genesis 2, he turns around and says, a covenant of works. So people play this game, covenant of works and covenant of grace, and the, instead of putting them in tension, mm -hmm. which is what we're trying to do here, they play them against each other. But in Genesis, we have a covenant of works, which says, if you eat of this, you surely will die. Mm -hmm. And that's a covenant of works. In other words, that is a testimony, a truth claim from God the Father that says, if you eat of this, you surely will die. Right. Now, to be reborn means that you have to then enter in through the action of not continuing to eat of that fruit so that you can have proper communion. And now mm -hmm. God's going to do everything we can't, but the, the, the way back still has to be through the action that we failed at. And, and I, I know that I, I'm getting wordy there. What I'm saying is if it was great relationship and then given a command to do and the door where we lost, right. we stepped out. Then you've got the command that we're still supposed to do it, but we're not. So there's the judgment and the accountability when we get to the judgment day mm -hmm. over what you do and don't do mm -hmm. because you were created for perfect relationship. So then you hear the gospel and the gospel says you can be born again and have the, the, the restoration of this relationship. And you say, man, that's a great message and you're drawn to it. But then you have to do what you've heard. You can't just be a hearer. You have to be a doer and a hearer is the way James says this, right? right? Yes, yes. Now, the good news is you're going to be bad at it. Yes. Which means it's not like you're going to be Superman and it's not like you're going to be perfect, but it should be 
of gospel that invites you into living and, and, and learning in a different way. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to continue to fail. That doesn't mean that all things are going to be removed from you and you're going to have an easy life. You're going to continue to suffer, and you may even suffer worse because now you're aware of your suffering mm-hmm. versus the lie of the world. Like you just said, you know, if you get this perfume, you'll be loved by everybody. And if you got this shampoo, you'd have a mane of a horse that runs across the television. <laughs> Whatever it is that you believe in that's, that's put in front of you instead of the hard things that are – you know that you're limited and you know that you've wasted so much time already. Right. I mean, that's literally all the New Testament where it's like, still so put those things behind you and then start doing something with what you've got left because there's a God that loves you and, and, and would come into that process if, you, if that's what you were paying attention to. So what are, what are we focusing on? What are we paying attention to? And if we did believe that there's a God that created everything and gave it to us as a free gift, and all we're to do is enjoy it and share it with others because we don't have to hoard and because we don't have to look down on anyone, because we can be open-handedly and open-heartedly with others, then the water can flow into you and out of you, which is the living water. I mean, that's where the water becomes living because if he pours his, if he pours his living water, the gospel in you, and you don't share it with others, it becomes a toxic pool of mosquitoes and mold. Right. Well, it, it just, it just becomes yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it, it does because it it's stagnant. So this is what I would. <clears throat> this is kind of what what I was thinking when you were talking about it there. But the most of the people that I meet in in my life that have a very passionate and alive relationship with with God are the people who are actively participating in it. Like you can, I mean, you can hear it in the way that they talk because it's the way, because it's who they are. It's, it's like, it's, it's the life that they live. And guess what? That means, I don't know, doing stuff. And it means learning and striving and being bad at it so that you can get better at it one day. I was, I, I told you earlier and I want to, you know, share with the listeners. I was so thankful, you know, to be at, at church and have my, my youth group, my, my dudes and talking to them and 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 telling them that like I, I you know I want to we we got to sacrifice playtime so we can be in here and we can learn and and I can you know pour into y'all because that's what I want I want you to understand this stuff and I want you to be inside of this relationship where you can ask me things and I'm trying to build you up I'm not trying to tear you down I want you to understand I want you to know so that you can then run with it and grow and ha- and enter into your own active relationship with God and it's this beautiful thing where we all work together in in harmony and and yeah I'm going to be saying that a lot because that's what I'm seeing so just bear with me on that one uh but it fired me up because they were willing to sacrifice playtime in order to be challenged with things that they know because, and I can I can only assume it's because they see that I've sacrificed time, I've taken time to get to know them and build a relationship with them, and now that I'm telling them, like, what's important for me would be to pour this into y'all so that y'all can understand, because I don't want you to go around just just saying, yeah, I believe in God. I want you to have an active, real relationship and be, and know and have peace with God and be inside of, like, and truly know his rest and 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 be thankful for his rule that we have that you're able to look unto him and look unto what he has commanded and that leads in like i i want all those kids to have the heart of jesus where it's like i love and i delight in doing the will of the father i don't do what i want to do i do what he has willed and i think that's awesome and amen i want to be there too 
and you can't give away what you don't have. Yes. Um, you had mentioned that somewhere in a conversation that we've had here recently. And at the end of the day, you know, Tim Keller has now passed away, but I would listen to Tim Keller preach. And it's like, man, he quotes from so many different sources and so many different places. And it's like, man, I wish I knew like half of what he knows. And the bottom line is the only way you're going to get that is you're going to have to go read it and you're going to have to sacrifice your playtime to continue to learn. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you this, and you, you take that and you put it on top of something that Paul Washer presented. And it's like, you know, you just said that I love being in right relationship and I love when I do what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't do what we're supposed to do also. Yes. And what Paul Walker presents is like, if you take a month of my life and you wanted to make a reel and you were just going to take excerpts of when I failed over the last 31 days, you could make a, you know, a 24 hour clip of my failings. Mm-hmm. Now you could cut out the 30 days that I did all these other things and all of my reading and all of my studying and all of my sharing and all of what I do. And you could just make a tape of all of my failings and you can make me look really bad. Oh yeah. Now, praise God that that's not how God Amen. sees it. Amen. But you have to do the 30 days for it to actually be able to flow in and out of you because you have to continue to be connected with growing your mind, growing your spirit, and it takes consistency, mm-hmm. daily reading, mm-hmm. and the way that we used to work our body, we now have to work our mind. Mm-hmm. Putting those together, it, it comes at a cost. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, I, I go to church on Sunday. They throw their Bible in the back seat, and the next time they get their Bible out is to go into Sunday school the next week. And it's like something has distracted or confused your understanding of why you have that Bible and why you're reading it in the first place. Right. It's supposed to be something you hold on to as you are going, as you're coming and seeing mm. that it, it eventually becomes like you just said, I'm so thankful for the life that I get to live. Although I could tell you about all my failures. Oh, I could. I and, could. <laughs> and, and the bottom line is most people, that's what they'll tell you is my failures. Yeah. But that's not who I'm living for. Mm-hmm. At the, at the end of the day, they're not going to be my judge. No, they are not. There is a judge, and he's holy. Yes. So you better learn the gospel. Oh, yeah. Because without the gospel, the good news that Jesus Christ stands in my stead, mm. I have no hope. Yeah. But the more I understand that, the more free I am to get back up on the horse when I get knocked off or— to not to not drive myself down any further than I've already driven myself down when I make my mistakes. Yeah, and so I think that with the mention of Jesus right there is like the a really good transition to go into Matthew eleven twenty eight through thirty. So I want to go I want to go in here because we've touched on a few things and prayerfully the Holy Spirit will will remind us to bring back and we can kind of connect that together. But I want to get back into the rest and rule. So let's look at. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 here, and now let's kind of build out Jesus' part of this because you have it here in the, in this, in this, in the, in 11, 28 here. So we'll, we'll let's go to 27 because I need 27 to be there. But it says, all things have been handed over to me by my father, and no one knows the son except the father, and no one knows the father except the son and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him. 
Come to me, all who, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So from there, the I'm not going to say the word because I'm going to butcher it, and I don't want to butcher it, but I, I want everyone to know I did try to learn this word. <laughs> and there's two different words he uses there for for rest. But they, um, studying, looking up the word inside of Logos, shout out to Logos, they are revive, rest, remain quiet, stop, and give rest. So what I, what I kind of put together here, this is my thought process, from verse 27, all authority, which is all things, claim over, over creations, the first, second, and third heavens, handed over to Jesus. Yahweh's rule and order bringing process and rule and reign rests in Jesus. Father, Son, anyone the Son chooses to reveal him, community and invitation, that's the gospel there. Jesus is our how-to example for resting inside the rule of Yahweh. Blessed be his name. So 1 John 5, 3 says, The love of God equals looking unto Yahweh, blessed be his name, command and finding joy in keeping them. And that's what Jesus did perfectly because he said, I delight and I, I, I delight in, in doing the things that God tells me to do. I love to do the will of God. I don't do my, don't do my will. I only look unto what he would have me do. So we could then say sin and lawlessness is rejecting what we have been invited into. Jeremiah six sixteen, where God says, walk in these ways. And they respond with, we're not going to do that. So, that is, Jesus is our how-to example, and that's, I know you've said it over and over and over again on the show where you would be in church and you would go to people and ask them, like, how do I do this? What does it look like? And you basically got, uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> when we look at the original design or idea back in Genesis 1 from the Father, to Adam, all flesh, mankind. Yes. It says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ came as the last Adam, mm-hmm. opening up to us the ability to be fruitful and multiply and to fill the earth and subdue it with what? His dominion. Amen. All right. So as we present the fact that God is God, there's one true God. We could actually gain our Muslim brother back. We could gain our Jewish brother back if we would come together instead of always trying to tear each other apart. Mm -hmm. And if we did that, those that believe in the one true God Mm -hmm. could then understand what we're talking about in right relationship as he replaces, as he fulfills all of what God has intended. And that's happening like it or not. Right. Now, understand it doesn't look like that. I understand that there's plenty of things to create doubt, but that's what faith is, is to have assurance as you're going through things that we live by faith and not by sight, because the question isn't what's happening out there. The question is what's happening inside of you. Correct. So all of us, all the believers, there's something that blossoms inside of your heart, which is a new life, a new reason, a new inner man, a new heart. And if you have that new heart, you should fall in love with a loving God that did this, that that you didn't deserve, pure grace, Mm -hmm. to where we start to live and to think and to do differently so that we can start to honestly start to see where we fail. 
right. to where we can start to hate the sin that's in our mother, our father, our brother, our sister, and even over our own life, because that's reality. Hmm. So when I look at this, you know, Matthew passage of, uh, of scripture, he says, come to me, all you who continue to work and you're working yourself to death, but you have no rest because you have no rule. You don't have anything that makes me the most important thing the way that the father was the most important thing to me. So what do you have? You have a thousand masters. Mm. You have a, you, you want to be a great husband. You want to be a great a worker. You want to be a great Christian. You want to be a great brother. You want to be a great son. You want to be a great. And, and at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to achieve any of those if you're not in right relationship. But if you were in right relationship, you would rest inside of his word, mm. what good. he has said. So the way Jesus continued to just trust his father, yeah. even when his father said, it's time for you to be crucified in the most horrible way. He's like, I wish you could come up with another idea. Um, but and then, once funny. again, that's not verbatim. But it literally in the prayer in Gethsemane, he's like, but this is why I came was to represent you and to be the image of the one true God. And I'm going to do that. Right. That's that's the same question for us every day when you get in your car to go to work. Are you going to be miserable about your job? Are you going to be thankful that you're in the kingdom of, 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 of the heavens? Right. Because if you're really, really good, you get separated from them. And if it's really, really bad, you get separated from them. Why? Because you are you don't have any rest because you're not resting in his rule. And it's already been done. I mean, you're resting in a finished work. We'll say that. In other words, we rest in the finished work of Christ. But we don't have rest. And the scripture yeah. saying the reason you don't have rest is because you're not allowing the authority of God's word to free you from everybody else's expectations. Right. Well, it's kind of like we were talking. We were talking earlier, and I do believe that it's a that it's a trick of the you know kingdom of darkness. But what we're invited into inside of the rest and rule with with Yahweh, blessed be His name, and and Christ is true peace. But for some reason, we are, we're, I don't know what it is. I don't know why we, why we fall back into it. And I think that's, I would like to explore it more, but why we want to continually take the burden and put it back on our shoulders. Like we can bear it. Like we, we can, like we can do it. And like, I know for a fact that I know, and I'm guilty of doing this too. So don't hear that I'm saying everybody else does this and I don't, but I no, I totally do this too. But, but why though? Why do we think? Do you, have any, do you have anything for this? Why do you think that we'd continue to do that? Because we're living out the knowledge of good and evil. Ah. And until until our flesh is removed from us, our flesh has a certain desire, a certain thirst mm. that is going to wage war against this new spiritual identity that I have. Mm. And that gets back to something we were talking about earlier, where stop calling yourself an alcoholic or stop calling yourself... Uh, I mean, whatever the struggle is, homosexuality, alcoholism, drug addict, yeah. murder. If yeah. you have committed murder, you're not a murderer. You're a believer that struggled with murder. Now put it to breast. Mm. In other words, put it underneath his authority, accept his forgiveness. Don't forget so that you don't return, but move forward out of it because there's a God that loves you and wants you to be better tomorrow than you are today, which is our hope. And if you take away our hope, I don't care what your struggle is. I'm a homosexual that struggles. I'm a, I'm a Christian that struggles with homosexuality. In other words, I have a sexual desire that I don't particularly agree with, but it continues to show that it's true. Now, that's no different than my pride. Right. 
I'm not going to get rid of my pride, and they're not. In, we are not going to get rid of, like you're saying, what's in our flesh. But for me to point at your flesh, because it's easier to point to, and not love you through, not want to walk alongside of you, and just to be able to judge you, mm. that's showing my sin in my flesh, because now I think I'm better than you. Yeah. And, and that's sin. Mm-hmm. And, I, and so, I, 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 you know, you can have, we can have our doctrine, we can stand on his word, because that's the beauty of our personal relationship inside of the community is his authority is enough. Right. And, and it, it brings this, this rule brings a peace over in John 14, 27, he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, mm-hmm. not as the word gives do I give to you. Let your hearts not be troubled, nor let them be afraid. So if I can get away from your fear and your doubt, mm. But you better not get COVID. You might die. I'm going to die anyway. <laughs> right? All right no, don't no, don't right. do that. It might shorten your life. How, how long is my life going to be? Yeah. Instead of pretending like I've got forever, I should enjoy today. Right. And now enjoying today should be brought into right relationship, and that's where I need to have my focus. Where am I failing to do that? And every one of us is failing to do that. So mm. I don't care. If you want to point at alcohol, but you don't care about your sugar, then you're you're deceiving yourself. But can sugar and alcohol be enjoyed in right relationship? Yes. Now, when you go too far, that's separation. That's sin. Mm-hmm. Wake up the next day, say, Father, I'm sorry. Return to where you were and move on. Right. Because other than that, you're going to be your own critic. You're going to start judging and condemning yourself. And you're going to fall into, man, I went to the doctor down, down here where I just moved. And it's like four out of, you know, eight questions were about, are you depressed? Are you anxious? It's like, no, no. And, but the only reason I, I mean, the only reason I, it's true is because, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm only here for a minute and this is finally, and I, I, I'm thankful for my life. Now, are there plenty of things about me that I wish I didn't do? Absolutely. Are there plenty of failures? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But at the end of the day, he's already saved me from what I would have been a long time ago. Right. Well, I think that goes back to the, it goes back to the one in, in the, in that passage, the, the saved part is you are saved. You are being saved. You will be saved. So it's this, it's the perfect, I forget how this is a perfect tense of the word basically. So I think we, we quickly forget a lot of those things because it's, like I said, it is easy to get wrapped up in your own failures. And then you, it's almost like you're the one on the stage, but you also have like these three other different personalities that are sitting at the judge's table, you know, judging you or whatever. And then you realize that you've become your own worst enemy for some reason and that you're beating yourself up over your failures instead and then so now you're that's that harsh judge mentality instead of the loving father mentality which is like if you if my kids mess up and they, and they 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 do something wrong and they come to me and they tell me that they did something wrong and that they messed up it's easy we can fix it together we can put everything back back to right relationship and we can move on about our, move on about our day and i think that Trying to get away from that rest, because the other thing that we're, we forget is we are designed to be in the rest of God. We are we are we are created to be that way. So to actively take to actively push it away is to put that burden back on yourself. And I believe if you would just lean into what you were created for, that you would save yourself a lot of time. And I really wanted to move into this right here because I love this. So that it. 
Because moving into that rest, staying in that rest is what Jesus did. And he said, take my yoke upon you and learn. So I started looking and learn from me. So I started looking at the references and he references John thirteen fifteen, where it says, for I have given for I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Then Ephesians 4.20, for that is not the way you learned Christ. Then you have Philippians 2.5, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Jesus Christ. First uh, Peter, for, for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. And then First John 2.6, Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. And what was the way that what was the way he walked? For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light, because he was resting inside of the rule, the rule and reign of his father and in harmony with them. So he knew who he was and he was about the business that he was supposed to be about, and he wasn't taking on like you you had said earlier that that Jesus' life, everybody wants to think that his life was terrible, but he had a pretty good life until he finally got to the point where he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he had to, um, you know, go before the cross, basically. Like, so if you'd like to elaborate on that. I I think of when we think about the Father resting, mm-hmm. a lot of people think about that being like we, we started out the podcast is he, he was being slothful or didn't have to continue to work, but right. he, he spoke and it was done. Yes. Then you have Jesus that shows up and he says, I never rest like that. I'm always, my father never does either. So you were wrong. <laughs> um, and I mean, like he doesn't say you're wrong in the scripture, but that's what he says is my father never rests and neither do I. I'm here for a purpose. And my father has created everything for a purpose and everything else doesn't talk about retirement. <laughs> everything else flies and eats until it dies. <laughs> Yeah. You know, or, or whatever. And, and so where did this idea come from of you deserve to be served? Mm-hmm. I mean, we know where that comes from, because then the opposite is, I don't know, the gospel. You're here to serve others and yeah. to serve God. Amen. When, when you think about the rest being his rule, I think of going to um, vacation at the beach for a week. I can only make it to like day four. And then I'm stir crazy. And I want to go back to my life because I love my life. The first two or three days are great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, but then I start thinking about all the things I'm going to have to catch up because I love doing what I do at home that after day three or four, I'm more tired from laying around than I am when I get to do what I love to do. So find a way to love your life. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, if you don't want to do what you're doing, don't do that. You know, so (laughs) when when we're we're looking at the rest of God and we read it backwards, think about... uh, when we when we worship on Sunday, mm-hmm. it's because we're worshiping in the rest and rule of what Christ has accomplished. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's the new week, it's the new beginning, but it's not a rest from work; it's a rest in your work mm-hmm. as you're going. Mm-hmm. All right. So then your labor becomes lighter, and I'm going to read those same verses you just referenced, but I'm reading them backwards. And I, I continue to challenge anyone reading the scripture: if it's true forwards, it has to be true backwards. First mm-hmm. John two six. Hey, if you were walking the same way Jesus did, you'd be abiding in God. Mm. Okay? Um, Peter, it says that um, Jesus has left us an example, and if we would walk like he did, we would know our calling. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> All right? From Philippians 2.5. Um, 
with what Jesus Christ has done, you would start to learn what you've been giving your mind for. Mm. So when you're talking about later on, we're going to say the simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his, to his steps. In other words, the reason you've been given a thinker is to think. Mm. Right? And, and as you think, if you're thinking about the things of God and you're thinking about your relationship with God and in God for others, you start to integrate, be pulled into your calling because that's how you do it is by walking in a daily attitude of relationship. Yeah. which does lead to the humility, which does lead to the lightness, which does take over the heavy laden. Okay, heavy laden means you don't like doing your labor. Yeah. Right? But your labor is not going to change. You're going to work. <laughs> but there's a way for you to enjoy your work, and that's if you're coming to me. Right. Philippians 4.20, when we go over here, it says, that's not the way you learn Christ. How about this? If you want to learn about Christ, go that way. Yeah. I've given you this example. You should do just as I've done. Hey, if you start doing it, you'd find out who you are and what you should be doing. <laughs> Instead of trying to come up with a plan and explain it away, just start doing it. And the whole the whole thing that I, I, I struggle with with traditional church is there is no, and how are we going to do this this week? Yeah. There is no application. There is no, I needed to come back on Wednesday because I failed on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And I need to be able to be around other believers because I literally was trying and I failed. Mm. But we don't need that anymore. Why? Because we're just like the world and we've got this false promise that I followed a little witch's prayer that somebody else prayed. And then I tell you, you're going to heaven. And it's like, that's not, that's not in the Bible, number one. And number two, you know, that's not right. How are you going to fall inside of somebody else's words yeah. when you, you, you know that you're supposed to? There's there's a rightness to it. So I told you I had a left hook with the Matthew 11. Yeah, you did. Okay. <laughs> I did. Um, so you, you already gave me credit for being the one that said, hey, how about this subject? This is why when, when we look at this, we could take 28 and 29. Or you, you went to 27. We could take Matthew 11, 27 through 30, and we could, like, spend all our time right there. Yeah. But a lot of times that's the tree instead of the forest. Okay. So if you, if you kind of lift your eyes from 3,000 feet to 30,000 feet, and you go back to Matthew 10, we've got the chapter on doubt. Yep. And we've got the kids playing the flute and not wanting to dance, and they sang a dirge, and they didn't want to mourn. And it says, you know, John the Baptist came, neither eating or drinking. You said he had a demon, and then Jesus came. Uh Uh-oh, watch this now. Eating and drinking. Don't don't get me wrong, but that's that's in the scripture right there. And they called him a glutton and a drunkard. So mm-hmm. whatever, a friend of tax collectors, the collectors and sinners, meaning he didn't go around telling everybody they were going to hell. He went and invited them to heaven. Ah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, imagine that. <laughs> and wisdom, which would be the Torah, is justified in her deeds. In other words, the Torah was to be lived out. Yeah. All right, so if we would stop judging so many people, and the problem with the kids was, I don't want to do that dance, and I don't want to do that dance either. And all they wanted to do was do what they wanted to do, so they didn't fit in with the community because they were so individualistic. Now, if that doesn't speak to your heart in our listening audience, Mm. then I I challenge you. So how do you get rid of that? Well, you fall in love with the fact that the wisdom of God is the Torah. Mm -hmm. Jesus continued, all, all of the New Testament authors continued to point you back to the Torah. You need to know the Torah. Why? Because the next thing that happens is the unrepentant cities. Unrepentant means they never change their ways. And he says it's going to be worse for this one and worse for this one. Why? Because of the things that they did. However, 
I thank you, Lord, heaven of earth, heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and the understanding of the world, that you've given them to little children. Hmm. Father, you are gracious, and here's how we know, because the Father has sent the Son, and the Son is now making the Father available to others. That's still the same mission for us. Mm-hmm. He is our head, and we are his body, his hands and feet. Mm-hmm. To do what? To allow people to know about the Father, mm-hmm. Yahweh, blessed be his name. How? Through the work of his Son, mm-hmm. doing all things we can so that we can be like him, because that's how we renew our mind, and that's how we enter into this gospel, and that's how we start to learn the other lessons that you can only learn as you are going, which is 28. Come to me, mm-hmm. all you who are already working, and I'll make your work fall inside of my rest and rule to where it won't be heavy anymore. When you put this yoke on, you'll start to learn from me. You'll start to be a disciple of mine. And I was lowly and set myself below others because God was elevating me in a relationship. That means he loves you and he's elevating you. And when you fall in love with that, you're going to start finding ways to make a difference in other people's lives because of the gift that you've already received. And you will find rest and rule in your soul, in your inner body. My yoke it's easy and my burden is light because you know who you are and why you're here. Mm. And then he goes into the Sabbath day and he has what? The religious people come up and say, you're not doing it the way we do it. You're not doing it the Baptist way. You're not doing it the Methodist way. You're not doing it the Presbyterian way. That's uh, not real Catholic. And he's like, but did you not read the scripture that says this is supposed to be like a daily offering of my life unto God? And you're trying to fit it in a box. You're trying to fit it in a building. You're trying to fit it in a mold. And if I'm not in your mold, then I seem to be out. Right. Well, that keeps us from inviting all, all into this gospel. It's time to free free ourselves from from the from the yoke and from the burden of man telling you how to love God. When all you have to do is go read His love letter and fall in love with Him, and then go do it, like put it into action. Right, and I think, in, and then also entering in, into that that rule and that rest. That's where we would you'd begin to see the the fruit of the spirit, where you would see you would find joy in serving others. You would find um, love. You would find peace. You would find all of those things coming, you know, coming out of you because they're being poured into you. And that's why that's that's to take part in it and to for it to be active and alive because like we said earlier and we're gonna say it again that you can't give away things that you don't have so if you're not reading and falling in love with it and then basically uh, having the garden of God inside of you where you're going to bear those fruits you can then actively give them away because that's your life I mean that's what that's what you're you're cultivating those things constantly in this in this active and alive relationship and it's not. And you're free from, like you said, you're free from those burdens of doing it the way that this guy says that it should be done because that's the way that him and his papa used to do it from, you know, 192 to to present day and that and, and this and that and because eventually it gets to the point where, and I, I think I told you this earlier this week that it kind of it 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 trips me out how much I read, or when I'm reading the scripture and I, I see the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, and the Sanhedrin and. Or you know all all those all those guys and they're they're constantly coming at Jesus and I I think it's so interesting to me that the common day churchgoer is always like oh I'd never be like a Pharisee or or a Sadducee and it's like I don't know man because <laughs> what you're saying and what they were saying is so close and it's obvious that you don't know what they were saying like but it, 
And it's just the way that you're living because you're basically telling me that because of whatever X, Y, Z reason that that ain't, that dog's not going to hunt for you because it doesn't look the way or it's not the way that y'all, the way that y'all do it. And I'm just like, I don't think that that's what Jesus is talking about, like even a little bit, but okay. You know, cause I mean, you still have to love those people, but, but what gives the ability of the true believer and the true disciple is those that they're not my judge. They're not my judge, but what my but what my heavenly Father tells me to do, He tells me to love them exactly where they're at, and that He's going to be the one that deals with them. And I don't have to put that burden back on my shoulders either. That I can be free from that because I'm looking unto what He would have me do anyway. So if they don't want it, if they don't want the love, Christ. I mean, earlier in ten, He tells them does wipe the dust from their feet and move on about their way. They're not rejecting you, son. They're rejecting me. And we see that in the original as well with uh, Samuel, right? Yes, and I, I, I just have two stories popping up in my head as you said all that. It, at the end of the day, it says you'll love God and others the way you love yourself. Yep. And the only way you'll ever fall in love with yourself is once you stop trying to be everything for everyone while they tear you down and make up lies about you because Amen. you're not living for them. You're living for this relationship of God and then unto others. Mm-hmm. So the unto others is the person that says he's an atheist and doesn't want anything to do with God, or the person that's mad at God or their version of God, all the way to the churchgoer, like you said, this is a true story, real Sunday school. In conversation, I say, you know, Pharisees, Sadducees, the prayer of the one guy that says, thank God I'm not like this sinner. And the sinner, like, literally tears his clothes because of his condition and beats his chest. And he says, God, I, I'm, I'm a screw-up, and that's not really in the Bible, but I, I, I am the mess-up. Please forgive me. And Jesus is like, the one that tore his clothes and was upset is the one that's going to be in the kingdom of heaven. And the one that's pointing down his nose at the other one and thankful for what he has because he thinks he's better than the other one is more dangerous. And then they closed that particular Sunday school with, please help all these other sinners. It's like, oh my gosh. I, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter that I just said that's parasitical. It's, I mean, I hope that these, you know, these hoodlums and these young kids get it figured out and we get back to what we used to do. It's like, wait a minute, you can't do that. So it, but I love them just like I love the one that's mad at God. But the only reason I can love both of them is they don't define me. Right. They, they don't make me me. I, I get to be free from that. Now, do I struggle with that just like anyone else? Yes. yes but it, it, can I learn and can I grow out of it? You better believe it. Mm-hmm. At work right now, there's a theologian that's from a different denomination, and he makes really good points, and I love having conversation with him. And then there's a guy that's, uh, you know, an unbeliever believer you know what i'm saying he's 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 yeah. he's, he's, he's involved in, in in the conversation he would say that he doesn't believe it but he's the one that comes back and asks questions so it's a good relationship now he he likes listening to both me and this other theologian mm-hmm. but he he gets to be his himself with me because i get to be myself with him the other one is very stoic and all i mean by that is very cold and articulate and making sure that there's no way that you could say that anything he said was wrong and makes beautiful points, but right. there's no life. There's no, I'm just like you. There's no, man, let me tell you where God did this in my life. There's no, and I'm not saying that he doesn't have that experience. I'm saying that's not the way he's been taught to share it. Right. right and 
Just break away from the way you've been taught to do it and be you. Every one of us is beautiful as yourself, but we have to get better and more disciplined to find out what that even means. But I can see the difference in when I talk to this person that's just asking these theological questions that then he'll stop and start telling me about his personal life as we're talking, where the other one, he just listens. Right. So it's good information, but it's not, it's not, it's not meeting him where he's at. And ultimately that's what people need is how do you take this story from 2000 years ago and make it mean something to me today? How does the authority of God help me and not hurt me? Mm. And we should be able to, we should be able to deliver it in hope. Oh, absolutely. So we should, when somebody listens to us, they should leave with hope. Yes, yes, yes. Or or at least leave with something to think about. They shouldn't they shouldn't um we shouldn't like like you've said before, we shouldn't be weaponizing the gospel and trying to crush people. You know, if anything, we should either be um, you know, encouragements and warnings. So at the end of the day, you're either putting a rock in somebody's shoe for them to think about in hopes that the conversation in hopes that you'll get to have another conversation where you've kind of challenged some presuppositions or whatever the case may be, or you are giving them hope where they didn't have any at all whatsoever. And you've almost like kind of done, done your part to show them as much as much of the gospel as you can. And God will use you in whatever way, in whatever way, he sees fit as long as you're, you know, that's the whole point of the active and alive relationship. You just look unto him and you say, God, I'm your vessel. I'm the hands and feet of Christ. Use me. Please help me to understand. But we have to be, um, I think, how did, how did, uh, there was a youth pastor that I was, that I used to serve with. And he said, he was like PD, it was like PDR. It's like prepare, do work, and reflect was the way that he, he would break it down. So yeah, you have PDR? to. PDR? Yeah, it's P, PDR. Like that, Blue Ribbon. No, not PBR, PDR. Not PBR. Okay. Golly. Okay. So it was, I was going to be able to remember if it was PBR, but okay. <laughs> no, no. It's PDR. PD, my bad, my yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was prepared, do work, and reflect, which I think is, which is actually like super cool advice. But at the end of the day, you have to be doing the preparation. You need to be preparing, which is spending time, I think, privately one on one with the studying and the and reading and in prayer and all of those and all those wonderful things. Then you have to do it, which is actually going out and I don't know, doing it. But then you get to go back at the end of the day, you get to and it's beautiful, you get to return to God and you get to reflect on your day and, and where you may have messed up or where you would like to grow or or what, what you can be thankful for that you did well that day. Cause each day in the ebb and flow of life, every day has its some days you do things really well and some days you do things really, really bad. So be thankful for the days that you do things well, you know, and be thankful that God gave you the opportunity to do it and the grace and he give you grace when you didn't do things very well. And that's, that's more of the application of being inside of rest and rule, I believe, because at the end of the day, it's like, look, you're God and I'm not. And as far as the people at church that you were talking about who were like, you know, help all them sinners out there. I love the way that Paul says this and inside of, learning more about Paul and all that Paul's Paul's stance. The majority of the time is he's saying I'm the biggest sinner that I know. And I'm like, amen, that should be true for all of us. You should be the biggest sinner that you know in the entire world, because you know, your thoughts, you know, the wicked things that you, that just randomly come up in your mind and all those things. And we agreed earlier that even the intrusive thoughts are, that is sin. That is separation. If you are trying to put yourself higher than somebody else, once again, 
That would be, I don't know, not loving others at the cost of yourself. That's sin. That's separation. So this pointing finger. Go ahead. Say again. I mean, that that gets back to his rule. I mean, like, right, right. we're here, we're listening to those that remember Jesus that are writing this down later. Mm-hmm. And his their main effort is Jesus came and he made this beautiful promise mm-hmm. as the word of God. And then he walked it out all the way to death. Right. But when he did it, this promise was this, that even though you know you, yeah. his word is greater than you. Like over in First John 3, whenever your heart condemns you, yeah. God's greater than your heart, and in his authority, he has said, you are okay. Yeah. Now, now that I know that I'm okay and I really believe in his authority, I can be messed up. <laughs> like, I can honestly see my messed upness, if that's a word. I, I can see my failure. I can see the depth of it. Without the fear, the doubt, and the shame, and and, and the hiding, which is Genesis 3, Mm -hmm. because of what Christ has done. But I have to believe that because here's the bottom line. You're always going to be the greatest sinner in your life, Mm -hmm. but yet you're not the sinner that you were and would have been had he not spoken his authoritative word over your life. Amen. So you put that intention in right relationship, and you have the knowledge of good and evil, which is what the, your first date, death date is teaching you. Mm-hmm. It's to know the difference in the purpose for which you were created and how you continue to fall short of that. But mm-hmm. I've taken care of the falling short. That's the gospel, and it's the reason that you should read it, not to share it with others. It's so you can share it with yourself. Yeah. And if you share it with yourself, you'd be humble, and it would pour out of you like organic growth or running water. Mm. And you would be somebody that talks about these things, even when they didn't even realize that that's what you were talking about. I mean, it doesn't matter what you're talking about. If you're going to end with the glory of God and how he's given us through grace because of the truth of who he is, you can you don't have to say, and you know, John 1, 3 says, you, you can literally become the word of God incarnated in your messed upness, which means they can, they can connect to you. You you were just like them, except for this this promise that you hold on to. Now they have to see you hold on to it. Right. Well, then I think it's... And, 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 go ahead. No, you finish your thought. It, it, it gets back to, I mean, when you, when you were speaking, I was thinking of different things that... It, it just gets back to the organic side, the, the fact that it should flow through us and out of us because it's something you really believe and it's not something you're trying to store up to then go make these powerful points because nobody needs a salesman. Right. There's enough sales. Yeah. They need to see somebody that has something that even in this messed up muck and mire, even though you know the truth about yourself, you still trust him while you're going. Yeah. When I had that, I was ironically enough sharing, sharing the gospel and, with a with a buddy right well he's become a buddy at at the gas station you know where it's right beside the house or whatever and i went up to him and i was talking to him and all that good stuff and i was and he doesn't really you know he's not a believer or anything like that we were starting at like square one at you know god created like genesis you know and he was like but what about this and all that and da, da, da. but at one point in the conversation you know and we were just we were just talking but he eventually looked at me and he he said I wish that I had something that I believed as passionately as you believe it. And what's, and I think one of the coolest things about it is, is that God will use people like that to encourage people, you know, people like me. Cause even in that light of the, the, the first John three passage where the, you know, your heart condemns you or whatever, but you rest in, in God's word. 
sometimes we still fall into those pitfalls, man. And, and, and I'm just being real on this one. So when he said that, I was like, that's awesome that, you know, that, that, that it's coming, that it's coming out of me, but it's coming out of me naturally because I want to share it. Cause I want to give other people hope because it, because it is the hope that I cling to. And I know that the world is jacked up and I know that it looks, it looks more terrifying to people now than it, than it did. I think 20 years ago, people just sort of see that a lot of things are just coming to a head and a lot of us have children and we don't really know what the next, what the next step is or how it's going to play out. But at the end of the day, inside of this inside of this specific episode it's been awesome to return to his authority return to his rule and rest inside of that and know that it's all his all the pieces go back in the box nobody's getting anything like this isn't out of god's control and that's awesome and then that frees you up to truly be a living sacrifice where it's your life, where you can talk about these things. And it's not just something that you have to pretend for an hour every single day or point your finger at other people just so that they don't put any blame on you. No, it's this thing. It's like, no, I can go to my father because he loves me because of what Christ has done, has done for all of us. And it's what we're all invited into. That's what makes it, that's what makes it active and real. And I know I sound like a broken record here, but like I'm really trying to share that, that it's like, it's truly powerful and it's really, really helped me a lot. And I hope, and I pray that it's helping somebody as well. And let's not forget, we got to go, got to get into Proverbs uh, 14, 12. You there? Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm here and I'm, I'm just trying to find something right quick that I have somewhere, but okay. ultimately we're hoping. all being restored. Yes. And the hope of restoration is what we're in conversation, just trying to share. It should flow through us because it's what we are actually finding our life in. Yes. That's through the gospel, through the door, which is Jesus Christ. It's through that daily as we go every day. Yes. To where it pours through us because Mm -hmm. we're turning back to God, even in our good day or our bad day. We we, we understand it all belongs at his feet. We all, it's all his. Yep. Um, which goes back to the, you know, the pieces go back in the box and uh, it, however you want to get down to where you start to believe that. But what it does is it frees you from this. They have to believe like you yeah. or you have to lead them in this prayer that they have to seal a deal or else they're going to go to hell if they don't do what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Who who wants to talk to you? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I mean, I, you're already I mean, I just met you and you're already threatening me. <laughs> um, so. But literally, think about how we sound. If, if that's how you do this, like if you were to die tonight, would you? What are you talking about, man? I was just at Seven Eleven trying to get some Slurpee. I don't know, uh, right? And so, so now all of a sudden, I'm going to hell, and and this is what you led with. Hey, I'm Eric. Do you know you're going to hell? What? Um, it, it, instead of a friendship that you see the guy there working, you're like, hey, how's your life? Here's some, you know. I, it, so it's a warning and an encouragement, meaning. There's truths and there's warnings, and you don't get to sidestep things. But the encouragement is, but dude, I'd love to continue this conversation. I'd love to walk with you. I'd, I'd love for you to know that you're not in this by yourself. I'd love to share what you said you saw in me, the passion that I have in me. I don't want you to have my passion. I want you to have your own. Yeah. Now, I would love to answer questions. Write them down. Read the Gospel of John. Come back with questions. But then they have to do their part. Right. But, like, literally, this is a surah. That is in the Quran that says those who believe and those who are Jewish and the Christians and the Sabians, all that believe in God in the last day 
and act righteously will have their payment from the Lord. Now, you tell me any Christian that would offer that to the Muslim. Yeah. So in point. other words, in the Quran, it literally says Jewish Christians, monotheists, mm-hmm. we may see it differently, but when we get to the day of judgment, we're all headed to the one true God. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like that as a believer, just go read John 17, 3. Just keep reading it over and over and over. And I don't care if you like it, because there it is in the word of God. Right. There's one true God. His name is Yah, Yahweh, and he is, blessed be his name, the God of all creation. And the Son came as his perfect image to make him available and known. And when you know him and his rule, you can finally find rest in your soul, like deep, deep down inside to where if I talk to you, just like the Quran said, I don't have to make you like me. Mm-hmm. God is still God. <laughs> I, I get to actually love you while I'm loving what he's doing for me that I don't deserve. And I know that he's extended it to you because I am the chief center of my life and he covers that. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, truly. You know, the, the silly illustration where you go into court and you got the accuser saying all the things that you're guilty of before the Father, which is the judge, and the Holy Spirit is there as your advocate in the finished work of Jesus being on the testimony stand. And all the accusations that the devil's saying, you're like, yep, take it over Jesus. Yep, take it over Jesus. Now, that's true because of the Father's word taking on flesh mm. to bridge and open the door. But I have to know that, yeah. and I have to believe that, and I have to fall in love with that. And then if once you know and you believe and you fall in love, people are going to say things like, man, I wish I had that passion. Well, so I do want to say this because I just want to jump in here really fast. I want you to continue your thought. But in the reading the book, what's the, what's the name of the author? R.H. Ben something? They Lied About God? The, yes. Um, ben uh, – Anyway, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a great book. It really it'll it'll challenge you. But anyway, yeah, 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 that's it. But he said inside of there that in in their culture and that that believing that believing wasn't something that you just intellectually accept, but believing was based upon action. It wasn't based upon intellectually accepting something to be true. That that's not what they meant when they say believe. So when you start reading that word believe, it means actually think and do that's what it means it's not this it's not a free pass thing it's like well i see it right there it says uh if, it, if i believe in him then i'm i'm good and i'm you know i'm, I'm squared man i'm squared away it's in my heart it's like no you have to you like yes but we have to have skin in the game jesus didn't come and become the perfect you know didn't come and sacrifice himself just for us to just just sit here and chill and wait to be sucked up into the sky that that i mean if jesus was doing it then we can't think that we get a free pass but here's the thing, just like we've been talking about in the going and in the doing and in the Holy Spirit and Yahweh, bless be his name, revealing these things to you. It's just the it's good, man. It's the 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 peace and the rest inside of knowing who he is and the fire that it stirs up in you to go out and to do it and to not even like the thing like the failures almost become so much smaller. It's like I'm not really like, yes, I don't I don't want to I don't want to bear witness you know or bear his name i don't want to do a bad job at that you know but at the same time too like i'm so thankful that i'm a part of it that i get to do it that is an opportunity for me to do it that i get to be different i get to go back to the people that i went to school with you know in in high school or met in college or whatever this and whatever that 
and I get to be this new creation and have these, you know, these, these new conversations with him and, and just experience life in a totally, in a totally different way. It doesn't mean that I'm free from all the, the, you know, trials and tribulations of life. Don't, don't hear me say that at all. But now I know what to look unto. And I truly, I'm so thankful for the rest that he has. So, but let's go, let's go ahead and jump into Proverbs 14, 12. Um, so Proverbs fourteen twelve says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. <clears throat> so when I was looking at this, I'm going to go ahead and tell you my part really fast, and then you can, you can take off, um, which we'll drive back to John 17, 3. Excuse me. So when I was looking at this, one of the references is Romans 6, 621 here, but its end is the way to death. So I went and went to Romans six and I read 20 through 23 and it kind of uh, jumped out of the page at me, but basically it, I have, what do we have? What do we have to offer God and others from our old way of thinking and living? Now that we are living in and walking by the Holy spirit, we are ashamed of how we acted and behaved and are aware of our fruit, the, or, or in other words, the example we displayed before God and others. Now we realize that the ways of God and righteousness lead to sanctification and eternal life, which drives back to John seventeen three, which is to know the one true God, Yahweh, blessed be his name, and whom he has sent, Jesus Christ, his son. But what you got for that? The fact that we're ashamed of it doesn't make it less true. Right. Um, yep. So in other words, like you were saying, we, we, we start we start to see with new eyes, just like when you were talking about in the Eastern culture, the, the word believe doesn't mean intellectual belief where you sit on a pew and say, oh, I believe it. Um, <laughs> it. It literally means when you get up, you still believe it and you actually go do it. Yeah. Um, so when we look at that, when when you start to see that as what you're what, – when you start to see that you used to be blind to it willfully, when you read the scripture, they're always connected. Yeah. There, there is no separation and it'll say things like, Hey, this is the truth. Now go do it. <laughs> um, I, I like literally when, when we get to, um, hold on Psalms 37, if we get there, like when we get there, it says, trust in the Lord and do good. <laughs> what, wait, what, what? like, Trust him in your head, but then go do it so I can teach you as you go. Correct. When they come to Jesus, hey, um, you know, John the Baptist just said that, you know, we should come check you out. Come and see. There was a movement. There was a doing. There was a relationship. There was a time and a process. There was there was the rest of the story. And if you're just going to come to hear a one-hour message about how he came and died for you and then go live like everyone else, be very careful that that's, that's not in the Bible. Right. Um, so, so when we start to look at these things, and you start to look at this Proverbs fourteen twelve. I heard you clicking that time. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, yeah, you know, so when we look at this, and it says there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. We can take the believer or the unbeliever. You take the unbeliever, and he believes if he says, "I don't care, it doesn't matter," and if there's a God, then I'll meet him later. That's going to lead to okay. separation, death. <laughs> Okay. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you still have to love them and respect them. I mean, there's you're not going to talk them into something that they're willfully no, shunning, I rebelling. Don't, I don't want that. And I guess that's my posture. I, you know, I've told a lot of people, I've moved it into, it's like, I don't want to argue you into anything. 
I think I would much rather have a genuine conversation with someone. So if that's your position, then that's your position. I can love you exactly where you are, and I I can still treat you as an image bearer of God because that's that's how I see the world. But go ahead. And that's where I came from. Yeah, exactly. I, I was just like that. In other words, there, there was a time that I was an unbeliever. There was a time that I didn't believe this, and I I had all my defenses, and that's what I would start with. That individual is trying to connect to him where he is at, mm-hmm. because I'm already good. And what by good this means the function for which I was created is to share the gospel of the good news, the, the story of God with others. Mm-hmm. Why am I going to tell them? Well, you know, you're going to go to hell then. <laughs> and instead of saying, "Dude, man, I remember when I used to struggle with that same thing," and this is what happened in my life, and they're like, "Yeah, that's what's going on." And then, well, dude, this is what happened. This is what happened. I happen to be old, so I've got a lot of those stories. So by the grace of God, he's allowed me to live this many days, and by the grace of God, he's loved me, the hard-headed individual that I am all this time. Amen. But there's a, it still seems right to them until they're, they're, they're comforted by the Word of God. Right. But now you got the professing believer that what seems right to them is this intellectual consent. Oh, I, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. And they're pretending like they're okay. Yeah. Even though, like in Ecclesiastes, it says, even though their house is burning down around them, they're like, nope, we're good. We're good. <laughs> I don't see a problem. Everything's good here. And, and, and ultimately, at the end of the day, that leads to death because you're already separated from being known by others. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's right or wrong. And when you start to talk to people, people have a, you know, it's like driving down the road and seeing somebody homeless and saying, they should get a job. <laughs> Um, they, they've got a story. I mean, they've got a life that they've lived and you have no idea what their story is. You have no idea what they're going through. And if you automatically move to that hard hearted of a position, that's in you that had nothing to do with them. Right. The same thing is, I mean, I know a brother that's professing homosexual. He's got three theological degrees. And when I found that out, I was like, "Hmm, you're gonna have to explain that to me. Um, But inside of his testimony, in other words, just as he started out, he, by hitting, in other words, this is his story, not mine. He's saying, you know, the way you were attracted to a teacher when you grew up and she was a female, I was attracted to my male PE teacher. When I told my parents, they literally took me to a church where they beat me physically with Bibles. That, that's a true story. And I found out they do that. I mean, that, that's been done in the past. That, that's anyway, tried to beat it out of him with Bibles. This is the elders of the church. Mm-hmm. Great, great job, guys. Um, so then he gets a girlfriend, starts to try to just please his parents. Girlfriend kind of knows there's something different, pretty much, no, but they're, they're friends. Ends up going to college. She gets pregnant. He goes to seminary. And when he's in seminary, the professor's like, sin is to be separated from God, is to live a lie. And he's like, I'm already in hell. Yeah. I'm, I'm living a lie because everybody else says what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not supposed to do. And I'm not saying one thing or another on the homosexuality part of it. I'm saying he went home and was honest with his wife and honest with his kids. And then at least he's above board. At least he's not lying to everyone and being condemned while he sits in a class learning about God, not being honest about who he is with the other people in this world because of fear. Yeah. And, and hiding. And I'm not saying right or wrong, and I'm not I'm not even trying to embark on that. What I am saying is if you are storing and hiding from everyone, you're already dead. And it may seem right to bury it, suppress it, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to come up, and it's eventually going to fester, and you're going to have to go through the hard time. So 
that's where people need us to talk to. I mean, that's where it's happened in my life. Let me tell you how I went through this hard time. If and when that happens, I'm I'm always available. Here's my number. Instead of being somebody that says, yeah, you know, you better get right. Give them some a number to call. Give them you know, your number, your number, your number, not not your pastor's number, your number to call. Yeah. So that they have somebody that actually says, man, I know that you're hurting. I heard you. Will you let me be part of that? Because the thing that seems right to man is to judge and to continue to bury it. But when you do that, you're separating yourself from the life, which is to, to receive it, to give it away. Because verse 13 through 15, read 12 through 15 together, because I told you I was going to ask you what you got out of these verses. So when you read 12 to 15 together, what do you kind of get from that? So let's read it. So there is a way that seems right to a man, but it's the end. But its end is the way to death. Even in laughter, the heart may ache, and the end of joy may be grief. The backslider in heart will be filled with the fruit of his ways, and a good man will be filled with the fruit of his ways. The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. Hmm. I'll be honest with you, when you sent it to me, you just sent 14.12 to me, so I just read 14.12. I didn't read 15. That's my first time reading to 15. Um, so that's, that's my bad. I'm sorry, listeners. Um, even in laughter, the heart may ache. That's an interesting, that's an interesting part. And the end, and the end of joy may be grief, but I think the simple believes everything, but the prudent gives, gives thought to his steps. And that word simple means ignorant. They don't know. It's cunning and clever. So it, it, yeah, to me, and to me, in a sense, it it doesn't. It almost speaks to like easy believism. Don't just go, just don't just believe something, just something just because you've heard it. But truly, like, truly, truly think about things and look, and think about what you're saying. And, and I'm, I feel like I'm like morphing into Jordan Peterson as I'm saying this. But don't, oh man, I would have to spend more time with it. You're gonna have to go. All right. So if you read it backwards, okay. Say to be cunning or to be clever, or to be prudent, to use your life in the right way, it would be to be awake and aware. Yeah. Because you're surrounded by those that aren't. Right. And, and you've got government and religion trying to make sheeple, mm-hmm. and you're, you've been sent to free your brother's and sister's mind to be an individual that falls in love with the community of mm-hmm. God. Okay. How are you going to do this when you're filled? with the fruits of being in right relationship with God. A good man, that word good means to be in the right order, the function for which you were created, which is now filled with this purpose and this spirit and this ability because the backslider in heart, now understand that says backslider in heart, his ways are going to be full of aching and grief and doubt and despair and hiding the same way we were. And continue to struggle with, you know, there's no reason to separate ourselves from that comment. I'm just saying we have an answer, which is the light, which is the love, which is the spirit of God, Mm -hmm. that when we start to backslide in our heart, the Holy Spirit is there to lift us up and convict. 
Yeah. So not condemn, not say you're not, you're never going to be, but no, 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 we have to do something with this. So there's your warning. But the encouragement is the authoritative word of God says you're secure because of this, this greater story Mm. that, that is finished. Now, the -hmm. grief and the aching is going to be this life. You're going to get old. Your joints are going to hurt. You're going to die. Nobody gets out of life. Sorry, not physically. All right. So when that takes place, you can laugh in your heart and try to have your best life now and fill yourself with jokes and try and lay it off and just laugh, laugh, laugh. But Ecclesiastes said your laughter will be turned to mourning. So does the, you know, the Beatitudes, your laughter will be turned to mourning, but those who mourn will laugh in the eternal days. Mm. So embrace the suck. Embrace the grief, the, the, the grief and the aching. Why? Because you've been filled with this promise. That you have to go learn so that you're not simple. But then when you learn it, you actually have to be prudent in your steps. In other words, you have to actually start doing it to come home and see. All right. But then you're actually walking with God in the story of God to where now the Bible is something that you can connect to instead of it being a 2,000-year-old book. Mm. And then it becomes the living Word of God as you incarnate this this opportunity because it still seems right to do wrong things and you're still going to do them but when you do them it doesn't cost the love of god it it costs a day that could have been better that wasn't right it, it costs a relationship that could have been better that wasn't right well, it, I mean, it has its own cost yeah yeah i mean of but, course it has its own has its own cost but I, it's sort of like the same thing too you know if God if God allows you to wake up the next day, you have an you have an opportunity to be better today than you were yesterday. But I mean, isn't that isn't that kind of the point though in life is to is to learn from your failures and to grow and to be to be better than you were than when you started out? Because if you, I mean, you, you all start out as these selfish individuals who can bring an entire household, even the authority of a house, to its knees just by screaming and crying to get what we selfishly want only to to grow up and eventually learn that it's not all about us but it's about the things that we are you know some it's it's about God first of all but it's also about imparting what God has taught you throughout your entire life to give to your children in hopes that they will give it to their grandchildren so that that message and that that mission is continued through the lineage of you know your life and your offspring but I, I do think I do think it's interesting that you know what you what you said right there. That's I don't know. I would I'd have to like I said I would have to sit there and think about it for a while. But I like the way that you said it though, and I'm sure everybody else did too. If they didn't, they're lying. When he says when he says come and see, mm-hmm. how do you make that practical? Well, I can tell you how to make it practical. Mm-hmm. The next time you get in your car, yeah. Um, back in Zechariah, it says, "I looked, I saw, and behold." Yeah. All right. So. He looked as a physical action. He looked. He he willfully looked. Then his eyes did what they were created for, and he beheld. And the only way you could behold is because these were visionary. You know, through the power of the right relationship, he started to see the truth of what God was revealing. But he had to do his part. He had to look. And then his eyes worked properly, and he beheld in his heart the truth of God. So when you go and you get in your car, and you watch January to January, you're going to see four seasons. Yeah. You're going to see a season of death that comes to life. Yeah. 
Yep. You're going to see the hot summer months make those leaves wither. Yep. You're going to get the spring and the winter rain that allows them to become full, and then they change colors, and then you see death, and it falls apart, and it resets. And year by year, you see how you connect to creation because out of your mother's womb, you were brought into this world. And then through the spring of your young age, you became vital and you became one that had an opinion. And then, But you had to go through your working years, your hard labor years yeah. of dry heat and trying to just get there. And, <laughs> and then the kids finally move out of the house, you know, so now we're in the fall. Yeah. They, they, you know, by God's grace, they move out of the house. And, and then you have to start preparing for death because that's the next phase but you see creation and you see how you fit inside of it and you physically look into the things that god is declaring his gospel to you as you're going through it where you just said every day we wake up you go to death every night sleep Mm -hmm. mostly in the fetal position on your side and you wake up to a new life the next day and your day is from the morning supercharged in you know in, have your energy go through the heat of the afternoon yep. and then you're winding down at night and then you go back into your womb and then you're born again the next day you could leave you could leave what you choose to leave in yesterday and choose to take forward what you chose also i mean every day is a day of restoration every day is a day of repentance and reset if if you're willing to Believe it. If you're willing to take the, the, the authority and the rule and the rest of God, then you could take your thesis, the truth that you believe, right. go through your day, which is the antithesis, mm-hmm. antithesis. And then at the end of the day, when you go to bed and you're praying before the God that created you about what his son has done that you don't deserve because you're living a life that can make an impact, you can go to bed and be different the next day. Yeah. Better. The next day. I mean, it's available. It's literally available. Now, if you're 40 miles in and there's a whole lot of scars and a whole lot of baggage, you're going to have to do 40 miles out. He's not just going to make it all go away. That's not how God works. Right. But he said he would be with you. Oh, is that, was that a transition I heard right there? Got we can. Because, well, I mean, you just got Psalm 37. Is he will not forsake his saints. He's not going to forsake his saints. And, I mean, 37, 3, I, I mean— I would go three through 15. Okay. Um, And well, three through, let me get here. He said, let me get here. We'll, 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 just, we'll, we'll, we'll just go through 11 just because of time. But three through 11, Okay. it says this, trust in Yahweh yep. and do good. Oh. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Hmm. Delight yourself in Yahweh and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to Yahweh, trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before Yahweh and wait patiently for him. Fret not over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. For if the evildoer shall be cut off, well, well for the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on Yahweh shall inherit the land. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. So when you yeah. hear that, 
the only reason that I, I mean, not the only reason, but the main reason that we're back here to Psalms 37 is we have to believe that he's a good God. Yeah. We have to believe that the gospel is good news. Yeah. And we have to be able to unpack it to where it matters today. It's not just something written in old language that we don't understand and can't can't touch. The kingdom of God is at hand. Right. Time is fulfilled. All things have already been accomplished. All you have to do is what? Repent, turn back to God, yep. and believe in the good news. So to repent, to return, he says, trust in the Lord. What, what, what was your takeaway? What do you, what, what's the first thing that shines inside of those verses? This is kind of you were going in blind. I just read it for the first time. It's just about looking at the glory of God and, and, and praising him. Yeah, well, I think one of the one of the things that the first time hearing this, you know, going in blind because I wanted I wanted to I wanted to do this with the listener. I wanted to have fun with them as well. Uh, so, looking at it, I think it's it's interesting because it, it goes back to another Jordan Peterson thing you showed me, the Exodus series that you told me to told me to listen to, and which I have thought is mm-hmm. phenomenal, by the way. That part there at the end, but the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. If to read it backwards, I'm not going to read the whole thing backwards because I have not developed that skill yet. I will one day, but I don't have it yet. But he actually shared this interesting insight into meekness and what it truly means to be meek. And I think everyone can relate to it. So I want to share it and hopefully it comes out. It comes out well. But he was actually saying that true meekness is that you have to have at one time gone too far. And once you know that you've gone too far, it's like you, you've, you've drawn the sword and you, you cut the dude's ear off or whatever. And now, now that you realize the, the implications of your actions and acting irrationally, now meekness is knowing when, when, to, when not to draw the sword because you've done it before and it didn't work out the way that you thought it should work out. So with that being said, but then when you go to the top here and it says trust in the Lord and do good and dwell in the land and, and befriend faithfulness, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your, I mean, this is all about stay focused on him, be in, you know, press into that relationship with him and know that he is the one like vengeance is his. We do not need to pick it back up. We don't need to be vengeful for God. God can handle that on his own perfectly fine. We are supposed to be faithful stewards because we want to hear good and faithful servant. And at the end of it, when we go and meet him, and it also says refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. He's like, don't stress about those things. Delight in me. Come to me. Come to me and lay all that stuff down. Rest in my rule and my authority. So that's kind of what I would say would be my first thoughts hearing it. Awesome. That word trust in the Lord in 37.3? Yeah. It means to trust, to be confident, to be unsuspecting. It is also used to mean rest, depend, bold, rely, secure. Ah. That's all about his authority. Yeah. And you can't trust unless you believe in him, who he is. Amen. That, that there's a God that actually has done what he has said he's done. Yeah. And you believe in the word. Yeah. And then you will become part of the word because as you trust that, you're going to go do it because nothing else matters as much as pursuing that, talking right. about that, wondering about that. Right. I mean, I've, I've worked at places where, you know, you're a George Bulldog fan or a Florida Gator fan, and I just use those because they hate each other, fan. 
Now, if I work with you and you're a Florida fan and I'm a Georgia fan, it's wrong for me to tell you not to talk about Florida. That's you're just a fan. Right. And I'm a fan of the gospel. Yeah. So I'm, I, I, I'm just a fan. Now, if you know that I hate Florida and all you do is talk to me about Florida, then you're going to irritate me. Um, it, it's the same thing with my love of God. If I, right. if I super saturate you and I, and I, and I become something that you can't relate or respect and love you enough to not irritate you. Right. Then I don't love you and I don't, I, I'm not doing it for the right reasons. However, as I'm going, listen, trust in the Lord mm-hmm. and do good and do it. Yeah. Because you're going to dwell in the land. That's the life that you've been given. Yeah. But to befriend faithfulness, if you look down, it says, or feed on faithfulness or to find safe pasture. Now we're back to Psalm 23 where we started um, the last episode. Right, right, right. So he leads me in this relationship that I don't deserve by grace. Yeah. I fall in love with what he's made available through his word and actions. Mm-hmm. He then lets me become part of these words in my actions mm-hmm. to where I start to feed on him. Yeah. All right. And, then, and that has all kinds of implications with communion and everything else because I delight in his person. I delight in his presence. Yeah. That doesn't mean I do things right because I'm still the chief sinner in my life. Right. But it means I get to be me and know that there's a God that knows everything. I, you can't hide anything from him. I don't know. That's in the Bible if you were to read it over and over and over. Well, I think it's, I think, so to the depths of hell, he still has awareness. Yeah, well, and I think I, I think the point is, though, is that the delight, <clears throat> delighting yourself in the Lord is that you don't have to have the facade or the fakeness. You can be transparent because you already know that's how he sees you. You're not hiding anything from you. So there's this, there's a freedom in his presence. And that's where we get back into the rest. I mean, the, truly the rest is to know that you are sort of like being when you're, when you're a kid, I can tell you right now, I slept soundly at night because I was fortunate and blessed enough that lived in a house where I knew it was, it was okay. There weren't crazy things going on in my house. So I slept pretty fine most of the time, you know, and that's sort of the the same idea that we can be at peace and it doesn't really matter about the things going on around me. Yes. Are they distractions? Can they be distractions? Yes. And yes. But at the end of the day, I can either focus on that or I can focus on God. So I would much rather lean into him knowing that I'm going to him. He knows, but I get to communicate with him and I get to just fall in love with him even, even more because this is the thing about testimonies. Testimonies aren't a thing that happened one time. Testimonies are the ongoing test test of, you know, testifying of the ongoing thing that God is actively doing in your life currently, not something he did in your life a long time ago. There should be, your testimony should, should grow. It should be expanding. It's not one story that has a beginning and an end and that's just it. And you're just waiting until you go be with them one day. No, no, no. Your testimony is your life from when you were born again into the walking into the fullness of maturity until you're ready to go be with him on the other side of eternity. I mean that, I I don't know. Sorry. Got on a rant there. Go ahead. With the eternity though, even in these verses before you get to 11, he starts to talk about, Hey, the evildoers will be cut off. They're here for a little while, but they won't be here forever. Right. You'll look carefully, and you're not going to be able to find them. Yeah. So when Jesus comes back, they're going to be separated from the right relationship and the right kingdom realm 
Yeah. Without without getting too far away from that, when you were just giving that example, I don't know how many people have heard this illustration or not, but when you're talking about a father, mm-hmm. and the scripture clearly teaches you to call no man on earth your father, for you have one father, and he's in heaven. Mm-hmm. However, Hebrews then says, but your earthly father did certain things, mm-hmm. whether he did them well or he did them poorly, you can find God in either side. If he did them well, then praise God for your earthly father. And if he did them poorly, that's why you have a heavenly father because of your earthly father's failures. But when you look at the the revelation of the family, and then you see Jesus saying, guys, that's the closest that I can give you to go back to that familial community, Mm. community approach. When you were five years old, you could sleep well because you trusted your dad And you did that because your dad was trustworthy enough for you to trust him. In other words, if you don't have that relationship, that's how God fills in the the gaps. But if at five years old, I can never remember looking at dad saying, hey, did you pay the electric bill? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was I was just wondering, did you you know car insurance? Just, just car checking. insurance? Just checking. Just uh, yeah, you know, groceries. How much how much we got to spend this week on groceries? No, you got up and played and went to school, and that that other stuff was hopefully was done by your adults. Right now, at some age, you were to put away your childish things, and then your dad started to sit you down and start to teach you because you're going to be a dad and you're going to go out into the world. That there is an electric bill, yes. and that there is a budget, yes. and that these things exist, and then he's going to train you up because of you being sent out. So our Christian walk is the same way. It's to fall in love with a God that you can depend on his word because he's God. Amen. And you have to spend some time inside of that relationship, and don't skip that relationship because you have to know that you're loved by a loving God. Right. However— Eventually, you're going to realize he's doing this because he's preparing to send you out. And there is an end of the days. There is an Mm -hmm. end of time. And there is a lost and dying world. And there are your brothers and sisters that have not heard. So as you are going, Mm -hmm. wash them with what I've washed you. And lo, I'll be with you forever. Amen. And then you're sent out. And, and, And in your natural progression, time and process... As a believer, that's going to happen. You're going to have a hunger and a thirst yes. to be what you've received. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's, I... A, it's a kingdom of giving, not a kingdom of taking. Hey, there we go. Say it one more time. It, it's a kingdom of giving, not a kingdom of taking. Yes, I, I had a, I had a conversation with a buddy, and he was, you know, he's uh, uh, inside of ministry, and he was telling me about this situation that he has going on and i said there's one thing that you need to remember when you're having conversations with people and they don't necessarily have to say it you have to be you have to be thinking kind of above them in a sense when you're a leader because sometimes people are going to make requests and you need to know the difference between when a person is being selfish and selfless and you you have to like we have to know the difference so there are times when you're being and i and i try to i'm, I'm trying to cold like put that into application in my own life more because we are to be more selfless than we are selfish. That is what we've been called to. I mean, Jesus did it. So that's what we're invited into, but also at the same time too, there's just, there's so much beauty in it and there's more purpose in it to help to, to give yourself away for something to help someone that someone else couldn't do for themselves. That's, I mean, that is a, that is a beautiful thing. And you can sit here and say all day that, well, I don't get satisfaction out of that. And it's like, that's not true, man. There's a guy at work he bought popsicles for us, and we're, you know I weld, so it gets really hot. And he bought popsicles one time, and now he's just like, 
we, you know, we all eat the popsicles. We're like, man, thanks, man. That's so awesome of you, man. We really appreciate it. You know, and every now and then, like almost without fail, he'll bring popsicles. He's like, I got the popsicles. You know, so <laughs> I mean, it's a great thing, but you can see it naturally in there that there's this. It gives this sense of of purpose, but also it's like. It's it's cool that I get to do something for somebody else. You know that's that's awesome, and and I I really wish that our our own culture would cultivate that more. I mean that we would have more people that were doing that. But also, I was gonna say, I would encourage more people to be having these conversations about witnessing and about all those things inside of church to have those conversations with other people so that there can be a comfort level that when you go out, you're not so hesitant that you're basically paralyzed that you can't, you can't speak at all because you don't know how to do it. You don't know what it's going to look like. You're afraid of what they're going to say. Like have these conversations with people that you love and be like, Hey, you, you, you pretend to be this. So what, when I do this and kind of just throw some questions at me or whatever and, and gain a comfort level with it. I've mentioned that before inside of church that I wish that we would do that more so that people wouldn't have the excuse of, well, I don't know how to, or I'm not very good at it. Okay. Well then cultivate that inside of the, inside of the body so that we can be about it. I mean, that is once again, if you have it, the reason that God is giving it to you is because he is preparing you to give it away. He's not giving it to just for you for, for, for it to be all yours and yours alone. And you take it like Gollum and you know, the, ring of power and, you know, know, we're not doing all that. This is to give to others because we all need this just as much in tying back to what you were saying, where even when you go to the store and you meet somebody, that person has a life and you don't know their story. You don't know what they're struggling with. And sometimes one of the best things you can do is just be kind and courteous to somebody. And that could be the door that opens up to where you get a chance and an opportunity to share the gospel with them. Amen. Uh, and I, nobody gets more from giving than the giver. It's better to give than receive. Amen. And the reason that is, is Dawn continues to be amazed that people wave at me, <laughs> like wherever I go, and they just wave at me. Or or we'll talk to somebody just walking down the road. And she's like, I've walked this road and been by that person a hundred times. But the only difference is looking up and smiling and looking for the opportunity yeah, and meeting meeting their eye. I mean, I, there's nothing different about me other than, yeah, people wave at me. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't do that. You know what I'm saying? I I don't I don't do anything to make that happen. It's just what God has done inside of me that I believe draws people to to wave. Or, in other words, at work, we should have a spirit that makes people want to talk to us. <laughs> Amen. Um, yeah, it's not not like oh here comes Barry again. I know what he's gonna do. <laughs> I mean, uh, I've been that person. It before. should naturally, it, it should naturally just be what we get to be part of. And, and yeah. once that takes place, then it's it's it, it organically comes out of you, and you become something that people want instead of something that they can they have to respect. You might have all the answers, but if they don't, they don't see you loving it and enjoying it. If you're not delighting yourself in your heart, they, they can see that. Yeah. You're not, you, you can't, I think, I think we said it, we said it last episode. Of course it hasn't aired yet, but like, I wish people would realize that they're not as good at hiding things as they think they are. (laughs) They're just not, (laughs) I mean, like people can see it, you know, I mean, there's plenty of times like. I think sometimes people can't tell that I'm in a bad mood, you know, but then I'll have somebody walk up and be like, so what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, and it's like, dang, I thought I was hiding it pretty well. 
<laughs> you know, yeah, but, but, you think it's that about me. Well, no, I mean, that's what I'm saying, though. I mean, I think a lot of people are that way. You're, you're not hiding it that well because we can all tell. Because if you've been around someone when they're, you know, when they're happy and they're, you know, having a good day and all that good stuff, and then you get around them when they're not having a good day, it's very like, yeah, uh, this the, the math doesn't math here. So I'm going to need a, a little assistance or you need to just, do I need to leave you alone? Like, what do you want me to do, man? <laughs> I brought popsicles. <laughs> I brought <laughs> <laughs> that's good okay so as we're drawing to a close i guess i will ask you the final question that we always ask on every episode what are we hoping and praying that people take away from this particular conversation that today just like tomorrow is an opportunity to come and see amen i mean that was the original invitation from christ there's no better invitation i can think of which is try him just come and see. Absolutely. And if you're if you've listened this long into this podcast and there's something pulling you towards a hunger and a thirst, and we are excited about that and we are so thankful that that you're with us. But at the end of the day, we're about to end this podcast. My prayer and hope would be that you're energized and excited about the rest of the day and then tomorrow. And then the next tomorrow. Uh, because then it's an eternal life identity. Um, it's forever. Sorry, Miss Jackson. <laughs> forever. 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 All right. Well, that I, and I absolutely a hundred percent agree with that. And I'm, I am, uh, I don't know. That got me fired up to take on the rest of the day. I do have more tasks to do, so I'm pretty excited about it. Now I feel like I'm all energized. So with that being said, We thank you for joining us today on the podcast, and we hope that you have taken away information that will help help you challenge what you believe for the benefit of of growing in our walk with God. If you'd like to support support this ministry, you can join us on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash faithfleshedout. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at faithfleshedout. If you have any questions or comments or want to get involved, you can contact us at our email. That is faithfleshedout at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for joining us. We love y'all very, very much. Do me a favor. Say bye, Eric. Bye, Eric. (laughs) See y'all next time.